Good morning. Matthew 6, verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, we thank you uh, for your revelation to us. And I pray that on this Sunday morning, you would stir us. Let our love for you, Father, grow to its natural place, Lord. Let us see all the good things as we look at Father, the the story of our life and how you have shown steadfast love to us and we take time to write out those things, Lord. Let our love for you grow and 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 let our love for you be solid. Let you we, we want you to be first in all of our life to want to please you. Help us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh the thing that Lord's really laid upon my heart is to challenge you to examine your heart and to look at your own individual personal love uh, for God, where he fits deeply in your life. My goal is to challenge you in that. I hope your goal will be to examine your heart and see where you personally uh, stand with him. And the question is, is, are there any circumstances, are there any set of events that could happen that would pivot you away from God Or will everything in our life simply push us closer to God? Is there anything that could sidetrack you? To examine your life and to ask yourself about the depth of your love for God. The interesting thing about God is the fullness of God to us is unfathomable. We we can't comprehend his greatness. We can't understand his fullness. And it would be easy for us to think about a God who can create a universe and possess every corner of it, know everything about every one of us. It would be easy for us to think of him as unapproachable. It would be easy for us to see him as someone who's unknowable. In fact, a lot of religions look at God just that way, unapproachable and unknowable, Uh, not able to walk in personal communion with him. It's all about religion and religious activities. It would be easy to think of him as just a powerful and untouchable figure out of our reach, easy to see him as one that cannot be close to us but a distant figure and to simply be in awe of him and far away from him. But, but God doesn't want us to see him that way. As much as all of that is true, he doesn't want us to see him that way. And one of the ways God comes to us and speaks to us so that we know how to approach the unapproachable, to know about the unknowable, to have some recognition of who he is in our life is through the revelation of his names in the Bible and his claims in the Bible. It's in those names and claims that we see our relationship with God as it's supposed to work. As he opens up to us this idea of us coming into this 
unapproachable, unknowable, almighty, all-powerful presence and have a relationship with him that is relatable to us and is close to us. So that's what we're looking at over these next weeks is how is God revealing himself to us so we know how we can approach him. So let's look at one of those names that Jesus gives us to see what our relationship with God is supposed to be like. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us this very simple instruction that gives us revelation about how God wants to relate to our life. He says it this way, when you pray, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father. Jesus presents God as our Father all throughout the Gospels. A a simple name that all of us can relate to in some way. Father. In in Matthew chapter 7, he says, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? In here we see the nature of God as our Father. We see the greatness of God as our Father. And we see that we have the ability to ask God, our Father, for things. And that he's going to respond and not give us bad things. He's going to give us good things. In Matthew chapter 10, he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are all you are of more value than many sparrows. He says, listen, I, he knows everything about us. And yet he and he values us and he cares about us. In the stories and the parables of Jesus, so many times as you read through the gospel, he's going to compare himself, he's going to compare God in heaven to being our father. Now, here's my concern. We can get, uh, we can get a little confused about, about, about this because of our view of, of what father means. Have you ever heard the old Indian parable about the blind men and the elephant? Uh, it's, it's told in various, various ways, but one of the ways that it's told is uh, uh, of a, of, of an elephant being brought into a a community and there were 10 blind men there. And they brought the blind men out and they wanted them to experience an elephant, but they couldn't see it. So they let the blind men touch the elephant. And, And one blind man got to touch the side of the elephant. Another blind man touched one of the ears of the elephant. Another blind man touched the tusk and another one touched one of his legs and another one touched his tail and one touched his trunk. And then they said to the blind man, tell us about an elephant. And guess what? 
their descriptions were radically different. It's a, it's a story, a parable about perspective. How you've experienced something, how you've seen it or touched it, and then how you describe it. And so these men begin to dispute about what an elephant's like because they couldn't see it. They just had the limited experience of where and how they touched the elephant. For friends, our personal experiences with our fathers may impact our view of God our Father and our love for God. So that's, that's our starting point today. What does the thought of a father conjure up in your mind? When you think about God being your father, does it deepen your love for God? Does it help you feel warmer and closer to God? Or does he become more approachable and make you want to draw closer to him or not? Some of you may have had a, a near-perfect dad, and yet some of you may have had a very imperfect dad. Seems like whenever we talk about dads or moms, I hear both sides of that story. About moms or dads who were tremendous moms and dads. And moms and dads who weren't very good moms and dads. A number of years ago, young man who'd been in my youth group came back to town. He and his wife uh, wanted to meet me and Renee for lunch and we were excited to see him, so we, we joined him. I hadn't seen him in a number of years. He had grown up in the Oasis. His parents uh, brought him to church, came to church. But even though they came to church, it was a very, very rough, tough family situation. His home life was hard. In my opinion, his dad was pretty selfish and pretty unfair uh, with the kids and pretty volatile at times. Uh, he had talked to me about it as a teenager from time to time, and uh, we'd kind of try to navigate some of, those, some of those things, some very strange things that happened. Uh, but he finally had grown up, left for college, uh, met a beautiful young girl there. Uh, they, they got married, and he had started a family of his own. And uh, he, was, he had broken that cycle. I'd always seen him and considered him an overcomer. Now years had gone by, and with the help of God, he's building a better family uh, for himself. And he'd come back into town. He'd purposely not moved back to Springfield because of the relationship and how tough it had been. And uh, now we're sitting there as he's just visiting town, and we're sitting talking. And as we talked that day, and as we uh, just kind of shared about life that day, and we're excited about so many things that were going on in, in his life. Uh, we, we began to talk a little bit. He, he reminded me, I didn't need to be reminded, but he, he brought up how tough things had been in his home. And I asked him, I finally asked him, how did you go about breaking that cycle in your life? What, what was key to doing that? As we sat there at the table that day, he told Renee and myself about 
a very tough night in their home. A a night that had been full of pretty harsh words, some violent actions, and how finally things had calmed down and they'd gone to bed. And he said, I just about drifted off to sleep when I felt a presence in my room. And he said it was my mother. She came in and sat uh, on the bed uh, next to me while I was asleep and asked me if I was okay. And I told her I, I, was, I was fine. And she told me that day, uh, you, you've got to understand, your dad's not a godly man. I want you to treat him with respect. I want you to always treat him kindly. But this Sunday, when you go to church, I want you to look around Sunday. And I want you to find a godly man. And I want you through these years of your life, these teenage years of your life, I want you to watch what a godly man is like. And I want you to become like that in your life. As we sat there that day, he looked at me and he said, uh, Pastor, I did that that Sunday. I came that next Sunday and I looked around. I found a man in our church that I thought I could, I could watch. And that made a world of difference in my life. Some of you may not have had a great example of an earthly father. It may impact how you see fathers. It may impact how you see men, and it can impact how you see God as a whole. Some of you may have had a mixed bag. There were good things in your relationship with your father, and there are some regrets. Maybe he was a good provider, but not a good communicator. Maybe maybe he was a, a good defender, but he was harsh and demanding. Maybe he was absent. Maybe he was unfaithful. Maybe he was around but had no heart for God. Whatever's your story, from good to bad, I, I would challenge you today to, to analyze what that, is, what that was. I know some of you may have a great example, and some of you think of the problems I just mentioned as minor compared to what you faced with your Father in heaven. It's imp- or your father on this earth. It's important for you, if you're going to understand who God is, to come to some grips with who your father on this earth was or who he is. And to sit and to be able to sit and say, here's where his strengths and here's where his weaknesses were. Now, guys, I would tell you, if you're a father now and your example of a father was severely flawed it becomes important for you now as a father to say wait a second what is my example going to be of what a father should be what am I going to look to to be the man that I'm supposed to be instead of just assuming I got this thing down I'm just not going to be like a few of those things my dad was it's important for us to recognize it. I, listen, listen to the advice. Don't be shaped by the broken, 
but look to the healthy in whatever situation you face in life. Find a father on this earth that you can watch. Find one you can talk to. Find one that can be an example to you that God has put around you that will help you become the man that God intended you to be. Listen, it's not a sign of weakness to say, I want to learn more. It's it's not a sign of weakness to say, I don't have the foundational background and the natural knowledge of some things, and I'd better look to some other sources to get it. I better look around me and say what it is. It's not a declaration of rejection to say, I want to do better than what I had. That doesn't mean we read. I, I love that she told this young man when he was kid, I, I want you to always treat your dad with respect, but. What was she saying? Always honor him for who he is. Always look towards the good things of what he's done, but look towards something else to see what kind of a man you really need to be. Now, this, this fits with all of us because none of us, listen, none of us had a perfect dad, you know. My kids might be surprised to hear that, but <laughs> none of us are perfect. And what I want my kids to do is to see the good things that I have done and to, as Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. But the second I stop following Christ... Stop following me. Why? Because we're supposed to follow Christ. And we want to become that. And sometimes we can get this blind spot. This is why I talk to, some, talk to you. If you didn't have a dad who was a great godly dad and a great spiritual leader and a, uh, was a good communicator with you and, and, and was all of these things in your life, if, if you didn't have, look towards somebody else. Listen, I, I'll tell you, I've, I've said this before. My dad came from a home where they were very unexpressive in their love. It just wasn't a very, they just didn't do that much. My grandmother, on my, my, my dad's mom, when I got older, I, I began to discover that she was very, um, uh, she, I shouldn't say very, she was just uncomfortable with a physical touch a lot. And, and when I would hug her, she would just, you know, stiffen up. And I got to find, as a teenager, I found that fun. <laughs> I was going to hug her every time, you know. My dad grew up in that kind of home and went into, married my mom, whose my mom's home was very expressive. And he made a determination that that's what he wanted. And so, didn't mean he didn't respect his mom and dad. Didn't mean he didn't love his mom and dad. He just decided, this is healthier than what I had. This one thing, many, many things over here that were healthy that he learned from and he did. But this one thing, I'm going to do differently because this is better. And this is a challenge in, in, in all of us to look and to say, what's better? And then to look to our heavenly father 
and to really get an idea of what is the best and what is right. It's not a sign of rejection to say I want to do better. So we look in the word to the, for the example of the heavenly father. And what we see about our heavenly father, this great God who's created everything around us, who's so much wiser and smarter than us we can't comprehend him. Listen, he is attentive to you. You're not lost in the crowd. He hasn't forgotten your name or missed your needs. You're not down on his list of concerns. He has the ability to be attentive to you. The scripture we just read says that not a hair falls from your head. From Genesis to Revelation is a story about God walking restoring, preparing, so he can walk again with every man and woman that will come to him. It's a story of God wanting to have this personal relationship. It's the hope of, the hope of heaven is being in his presence. When Jesus left the earth, he promised the Holy Spirit who would be with us to the end of the age. So here we are. We have this God who is attentive to us. Are we opening our life and allowing him to be and listening to him? He describes himself and reveals himself to us as our counselor, the one who will speak to us, the one who will guide us, the one that we can hear and know his direction. He talks to us about being our strength. We'll talk about this a lot more next weekend as we come back in and talk about how how God moves in our life, how he's a personal strength to every person who learns to walk with him. We learn that he is generous, that he likes to give good gifts, that he blesses us with good things, And that he wants to be a blessing into every one of our life. And we learn that he loves us. Maybe your dad never said he loved you. But have you read the word lately? Your heavenly father says it to you over and 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 over again. He tells you he loves you. He talks about his steadfast love. He loves you so much he sent his son to die for you. He continually reveals to you his personal love for you. If you're walking through this earth with some deep-seated wound that somebody who was supposed to tell you that they love you never told you, maybe you walked with a wound that somebody who was supposed to love you betrayed you, listen, look to the Word of God. There is one who will never betray you. There is one who speaks to you over and over again. He tells you. He moves by His Spirit in your life so that you can know that you are created divinely in his will and that he loves you. He's a great God and a loving God. And here's here's one that's just amazing to me. He is merciful and forgiving. 
He is merciful and forgiving. One of my grandsons is about three, and uh, he was over at the house the other day, and uh, we have Play-Doh there. They're not supposed to mix the colors. You know, parents, you understand that, right? Because once they're mixed, what it, it's, it's done, right? I mean, it, they just get mixed. You can't separate them. It wasn't supposed to have Play-Doh in the living room. And Renee walks in, and guess what? He's mixing colors, and he's in the living room with the Play-Doh. And before she says anything, he jumps up and he goes, I'm sorry I mixed. I'm sorry I'm in here. <laughs> I mean, he, he knows the way, you know. He knows the way. He's kind of manipulating the situation. You know, isn't it wonderful that we have a heavenly father that looks at us the way we should look at others with a desire to forgive? On my best day, I'm flawed. But the heavenly father has no flaws. He doesn't have a bad day. He has a, he, every day is a perfect day. Do you have a healthy, fun relationship with your father? Is your relationship with your father, is it full of warm memories or is it full of regrets? Do you wish things had been different? Don't go into eternity with regrets with your heavenly father. Begin to talk to him. Make that appointment with God and begin to talk to him. Begin to invite him into your life. Begin to say to him in that prayer time, God, I'm seeking you. I know you love me. Your word says it. Your word says, if I seek you, I'm going to find you. I'm inviting you into my life. I want you. I, Father, I'm opening the door for you to come in and have communion with me. Tell him your concerns. Look in his word and listen for his instructions. Trust in his ways. Embrace him personally, and he will embrace you. Take the time to be alone with the Father. And begin to pray just as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father which art in heaven. Thank you for all the things you've done for, for, for us. For some, that's a new lesson. For some, it's a beautiful reminder of our call to walk in the presence of God. But think about what God has done for you. It's supposed to be a warm and close relationship. It's not just supposed to be about knowledge that there's a God out there. It's supposed to be about his presence dwelling in your life, his strength being with you, his guidance being upon you, God being with us. So go to that room alone. Set aside a little bit of time. And honor and worship his name. It won't be long until you'll f discover you're not alone in that room. But the presence of God is with you. God the Father. And as you discover God the Father, you're going to discover a new love for what he does in your life. Let's stand together today and let's pray. Lord, we love you today. Father, in this room today, maybe there are some who have deep wounds, uh, Father, from an earthly father. It brings confusion maybe even into their spirit when they think about what kind of father you are.
I pray you'd heal that today. Lord, maybe, maybe they're just minor regrets of things we wish were different. Let us understand that you'll always, that you're perfect and we can always have great relationship with you. And so, Lord, I just pray that our love for you would grow. Father, our desire in all of this is that people would get to know who you are because I know when they see who you are, who you've revealed yourself to be, that our love for you is going to deepen, strengthen. We're going to become unshakable in you no matter what circumstances come into our life. Help us today in Jesus' name. In Jesus. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come down to the front if they would. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a second. God talks to us through his word about a broken relationship that we have with God. That's been severed. But he continued to love us anyway. While we were still lost, while we were still doing life our own way, he sent his son to come and pay the price for us so that we could come back into relationship with him. Do you have that relationship with God? Have you really begun to see him as your father and put your faith in his son to be your savior? Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. You'll say, Pastor, I need to make sure my heart's right with God today. I want to I surrender my life to Christ today. Do we just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want that relationship with God that you're talking about. Just raise your hand right now in Jesus' name and say, pray for me. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here. And Father, perhaps everyone here is born again, walking in a personal relationship with you. But Lord, if they're not, I pray you continue to speak to their life about the reality of who Jesus is in their life. Father, I come to you today and I pray for anybody with a wound in their life. I pray for anybody... Lord, who has a direction that they need or a health issue that they need in these next few moments, that they would recognize that you're their father and they would come down and let someone agree with them in prayer for a new healing in their life and new strength in their spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing this song. If you have any kind of prayer need at all, come right on down. Let somebody pray with you.